0: Welcome back. Millennial Gaming Speak took another one of their infamous hiatuses. Uh, We have been gone the past two weeks, I think, and we've missed a bunch of stuff in the gaming industry. So if you've been looking for our show to be caught up with everything that's been going on, sorry about that. But just vacations here, a little bit of bad planning there on our part. To
1: be fair, we did say one week. We may not do it, depending on if you could find another that host or true. not. That is true, and I did not find so, a host.
0: I tried to ask one of my buddies, but it didn't. just kind of fell through. Out.
1: And then last week's episode was just our schedules were not meshing. No, not at all. Uh, for regular times and stuff, so...
0: But yeah, Um, we're back now. Uh, We're recording on a Monday night uh, around 10 o'clock on uh, August 24th. This is uh, episode 17 of Millennial Gaming Speak, if I didn't say that at the top of the show. I'm your host, Logan Moore. That other voice you heard over there is Max Roberts. Um, Hello. But yeah, it's good to be back. We're going to... We always take these couple week breaks it seems like and we don't like doing that so hopefully now we're back in school the summer's over we're going to get back into a little bit of a normal schedule now hopefully the show will be a little bit more consistent um we'll see how it goes obviously our schedules like we said earlier don't always mesh but we're going to be as good as we can about getting shows out weekly um but yeah because we've missed what a good two two and a half weeks two weeks we have then missed things like gamescom which is the second biggest gaming convention in the world Uh, we've missed what else did we miss a couple little tidbits of news here and there Uh, we're going to cover all of that Uh, As the show goes on. And then later we've got our two topics that we're going to, of course, always do every episode. Uh, And this week's is a little bit different. because, Well, not really different. But uh, Max Roberts, hotshot Max Roberts over there, who's writing (laughs) the wikis for IGN, uh, got his hands on Until Dawn a little bit early. And he's been playing through that. Uh, Until Dawn releases tomorrow, uh, August 25th. And, um, yes it does we're gonna talk about that a little bit uh, I this is a game I've been on the fence about for a while now I kind of want to pick Max's brain and hear his thoughts on it so uh, if you're interested in until dawn be sure to stick around for the topics later on uh, and see we're gonna see what I'm, Max's I'm impressions just,
1: I'm are. finally stoked to talk about it because like this morning I was I was like counting down because the embargo was lifted this morning at like 11 o'clock Eastern time. And I was just counting down until I could actually talk about it publicly because I really did enjoy the game and you'll hear all about it later, but it's, it's a treat.
0: The one quick question I do have on that though is, um, so you do write the wikis for IGN or you help with them. Did you know that was coming in the mail? Because you sent me the picture of the game box and showed (laughs) me that he'd get, I did,
1: I did know it was coming in the mail. Okay.
0: I didn't know if you Um, were just like, Hey, a package from IGN. Holy crap. Until dawn. Like, I didn't know how that all shut down but
1: no but the, the the weird thing is is normally they've either sent me a code in the past or i purchased the game and then just bill them for it uh but i got the game a week early so i was actually sent a review copy of the game that's pretty cool uh so physically so i have a physical copy of until dom which was kind of cool to get that package in the mail but i did i did know it was coming that's that's cool uh, in the mail
0: that's probably one of those games that they could be a little bit more free with their review copies on because it's not very open, so I doubt that they didn't... Actually, I don't know how review copies work for them. I'm I'm talking like I know, but uh, on the games where... I'm going to guess the wiki team on that one is probably pretty small, if I had to guess. It's just me. Is it just you? Okay, compared to something like Witcher, where it was a whole squad of people attacking it, wasn't it?
1: To my knowledge on Witcher, there was... At least four people, and that's including me. But okay. they very well could have been more. Yeah, uh, that was a big, that was a doozy.
0: Yeah, so I'm guessing they probably could have been a little bit more lenient with sending out the review copies for uh, until dawn, just probably. because they knew you were know. the only. I'm excited wi- about it. It's really cool, guy on the wiki. But yeah, that is awesome. That's probably a really cool feeling for you, since you want to get into the industry and getting review copies and stuff like that. I remember I got one review copy when I used to write for a website, and I thought it was like the coolest thing ever. And it was just like it's a, a pretty, download code for an indie game. But it was still awesome. It's still
1: it's pretty fun getting games a little bit early.
0: It's a good feeling, knowing that you don't have to spend your own money on it as, as long as you write a couple I will, sentences about the I will the game. say
1: this, though. I will say this. The worst part about playing video games early on PlayStation...
0: <laughs> the trophies.
1: Woe is me. The trophies don't sync until the game comes out and originally i thought trophies weren't popping at all yeah but since i'm recording the video i shut off my notifications because i they don't want pops and i don't want invites and anything else to like pop up while i'm recording yeah um but when i'd go normally what i do to see the trophies i earned though while i'm recording is i just go to my trophy list and look at them but since they weren't on the servers yet, it wouldn't sync properly. So I was unlocking trophies unbeknownst to me. I just couldn't see them until okay. today or last night. Okay. I think it was last night I could see my trophies finally.
0: Well, that's good at least. Yeah. At least you don't so, have to replay the game in its entirety again to unlock everything. But
1: Yeah, and the trophies are very interesting. They're fun. They're fun trophies. Okay. Like, one one of them is to, like, kill all the girls but keep all the boys alive and vice versa. <laughs> so it's not just, you know, black and white, keep everyone alive and everyone dies. It's you have certain people you need to keep alive as well. It's kind of fun.
0: That's interesting. Yeah, I'll pick your brain on that game a little bit later on in the show towards the end. But, um, so, yeah, first things first, diving into the news that I mentioned, we had kind of missed a couple big stories here and there um, over the past couple weeks. First off, the thing I do want to touch on is Gamescom. Uh, That happened two weeks ago, the week that I tried to get somebody to record the show with me and I couldn't. Um, There were a couple big stories coming out of Gamescom. Um, I couldn't really remember a lot of stuff that happened. Uh, Essentially, there was a few showings of games that uh, we hadn't seen a whole lot of, especially by Microsoft and Xbox. Uh, We got our first really good look at Crackdown 3, which looks... Awesome! As a fan of Crackdown, it looks really, really fun. I'm excited to get my hands on that game. I think it comes out next year. Uh, we also saw Scalebound. Uh, we saw a little bit more of that from Platinum Games. Uh, Mafia 3, which we had already heard was really uh, going to be released, uh, we got a little bit more info on that um and what was the big news oh halo wars 2 was announced which is something that i know a lot of people way think. out of
1: the blue review like reveal
0: yeah that was something that people thought they wouldn't ever get again because the studio that made halo wars originally is no longer in business i'm pretty sure uh, i think they had to shut them down after halo wars one actually released so um i think some people from that team though went on to another studio or uh studio took some of them and folded them into a new studio uh and that studio now is creating halo wars 2 for xbox one which is something that we didn't think we would ever see um i wasn't the biggest fan of halo wars one but i'm not an rts fan necessarily but uh this still kind of took me by surprise that this game was is coming at all
1: halo wars one was originally developed by bungie which now makes destiny uh, but then there were two other studios, which probably were the, the studio. The studio you were who about.
0: used to make uh, the Age of Empires games. I forget their name. I'm pretty N- sure that's who it was
1: Ensemble Studios and then Robot Entertainment. Okay. Okay. Ensemble Studios made you Age of the Empires. Okay. Okay. They ceased operations in 2009, which is when Halo Wars yep. was developed. That's
0: what I thought. So that was cool. That was a cool reveal. Um, honestly, I don't remember a whole lot of from Gamescom. I wasn't following it too heavily. Um,. That's all I, I mean, every, all the info I just gave you guys was off the top of my head. It all happened two weeks ago. My brain's kind of fried. Um, that's all I can remember off the top of my head, and I know a lot of that stuff was Xbox. If you want, or if you haven't heard already, you, I'm sure you can go do a little bit of digging, find out more what happened at the show. But um, yeah, that was just my bad with not, I don't really have all the up-to-date info on what happened at Gamescom. So that's my fault, but um, honestly, like I didn't think there was anything... Earth-shattering that really came out of the show. I didn't feel like that at least. Um, I, I feel like you probably feel the same way, Max. Yeah, um,
1: I do. I there was a cool like Tomb Raider, uh, a new Tomb Raider demo. I watched that. That was yeah, pretty that cool was looking. cool. Uh, you know, it was just here and there announcements. Apparently, Xbox Kickback they showed off a uh, Quantum Dream.
0: Yeah, that was the that yeah that was the other game, Quantic Dream. Um, they showed off a Is little it? bit more of uh how the TV integration is going to work with that game, which sounds kind of interesting. It's a
1: super interesting concept. Apparently all the TV episodes are on the disc, like you don't need an internet connection to watch. And they all apparent. follow like, the, it's all on disc. the
0: TV stuff follows the story of the bad guys and what they're doing, the uh, antagonists in the game, while all of the in, in-game stuff uh, obviously follows the protagonist that you play as, which is, I think the protagonist is Sean Ashmore. Uh, they recast everybody in the game. Um I th- Sean Ashmore, if you're not familiar, is he plays Iceman in the X-Men movies and that's all I know him from. Uh I'm pretty sure he's oh, he's he's the main protagonist. Uh the main antagonist in the game I think is Littlefinger from Game of Thrones.
1: Ooh so, Lord Baelish.
0: Yeah, Lord Baelish. Um it definitely looks super interesting. I'm a huge fan of Remedies games. Um Alan Wake is incredible. Max Payne, one, two, and three are all fantastic games. Um, I'm really ex- I'm. See, I've been really on the fence about this because I didn't know how the TV integration was going to work with this game, but I've kind of got a better idea now. How you will play a chapter of the game from the protagonist point of view, and then watch a 20 minute episode. Uh, that's following the th- everything that's going on with the antagonist in the game. And it sounds like it's going to be really cool. Um, originally I wasn't really sure how this was going to work. It sounded like they were going to. Uh, reveal, uh, release episodes separate but now that I know they're all on disc and they unlock in order uh, this is really a cool concept to me and I'm excited to get my hands on it next year when it comes out um,
1: yeah it looks it looks like a pretty sweet game the shooting mechanics are very reminiscent of Max Payne yeah in that way the whole slow-mo thing and controlling time
0: uh, it's looking like one things... of those games that's going to force you to maybe pick up an Xbox Max if you ever get some a chunk of change there's in plenty pocket. of
1: games right now that i i want an xbox for it's just finances is what it all comes yeah. down to but i do i definitely xbox has a great lineup of games coming out this year and then early next year that are exclusives and they're really they look really good like uh, i know gears of war ultimate edition just came out that comes out tomorrow uh, this week as well is it tomorrow yeah. yeah like that's just another one even though that's a really old game just been remastered i mean they do. Xbox is really not getting it out of the park so far.
0: Um, they're having a good year. They're doing. For sure.
1: They've really, they've really turned that initial messaging with the Xbox One completely around. Um, it's pretty cool to see them change it like that and see them compete against someone like Sony and Nintendo, where originally the backlash was just so horrible. And it's cool, it's cool to see the ex- these exclusives coming to fruition. You know, we've heard about. Is it Quantic Dream or Quantum Dream?
0: I think it's Quantum.
1: Okay, so Quantum Dream is like originally announced at the Xbox One Reveal.
0: Quantum Break.
1: Okay. It was an original reveal Xbox game, and now it's finally coming out. But, you know, they haven't been waiting for that game since reveal. Um, Like, there have been other ones in, in between there that are really good and highly rated and loved by many people. So, it's the Xbox lineup is pretty sweet and you know, this is just more, they showed off more games coming Halo Wars two and all sorts of stuff. It just, it's filling up that library of great games. It's awesome.
0: Yeah, it definitely looks like Xbox is finally, finally getting it all together. Not that they didn't have it all together, but their marketing is finally lining up with their vision. I think for the console and, uh, that's definitely showing in their sales numbers lately. Um, But yeah, that's kind of our quick Gamescom wrap up. I know a lot of it had to do with Microsoft, but they were really the big presence at the show. Uh, Sony uh, uh, did not go to the show, or they didn't have a. They might have had a presence there, but uh, they didn't have a press event. um, I'm not sure if they were there at all, though.
1: I don't. I don't think they were. They're saving everything for Paris Games Week.
0: Yes, which is at the end of October. So that'll actually be interesting in seeing how big they go there. Plus, oh, plus. I don't know. I'm actually glad we brought that up because I don't know if we talked about this. Speaking of Sony, PlayStation Experience is coming back. It's happening, I think, the first weekend in December in San Francisco this year. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm actually, yeah, I actually just remembered that off the top of my head right now. But yeah, PlayStation Experience, the big event last year where they showed off uh, Uncharted 4 gameplay for the first time. kind of turned out to be their second biggest press event of the year outside of E3. Um, they are doing that again this year in San Francisco, first weekend of December. So I'm
1: sure, I'm sure we will see hands on with like the public will have an opportunity to play on Chartered Four hands on. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if there's until dawn, uh, sorry, not until dawn, um, the last guardian.
0: Possibly. That would be, I that would, would not be, be surprised to, to see div- an
1: update on that.
0: Yeah. Um, that would be some place where I think we might get a release date for Last Guardian. But um, Yeah,
1: because it's solely PlayStation like they're controlling the message directly. So, Yeah. You know, the whole media's eyes are on them and that's the that's like the best place to announce your big exclusive that people've been waiting years for to finally come out. Yeah. Like the release date for it. So, Yeah, definitely that, that because be you know everybody
0: spot. who's there and who's watching that and is a flan- fan of uh PlayStation in particular so yeah that's definitely a good place to plug their um their playstation specific branded games um but yeah i'm glad i remembered that i actually looked to buy tickets to that as soon as they went on sale and i realized i couldn't afford another trip back to san francisco even though plane tickets are a lot cheaper if you buy them five months in advance i just i don't know i could definitely afford the trip but i don't think i want to spend the money on it so maybe another year playstation experience maybe another year um, our last, uh, little, well, not our last, we've got a bunch of other news stories here. Um, one little quick other tidbit of news that I wanted to drop in, though, in this segment. Uh, Rainbow Six Siege did get pushed back last week. It was originally slated to come out October 13th. Its new release date is December 1st, which means it is now overlapping with Just Cause 3 on December 1st, max those couple weeks there from the end of October to the first or second week of... December are going to be awful because at the end, at the end of October Why awful? Well, I think we have I think we have Assassin's Creed followed by I'm, I'm talking weeks here I think we've got Assassin's Creed one week followed by Halo 5 oh. and then I think the first week of November I think is open and then that second week of November the 10th we have Fallout and Tomb Raider back to back Followed by uh, Battlefront. The next week is Thanksgiving, so I don't think anything comes out. Then the week after that now will be just cause and Rainbow Six Siege. And then the week after that is the new Hitman game. So, her- hooray gracious. for that. So,
1: Holy cow. Why are you trying to... I think I predicted... Why are you that- trying to kill me now? I, I don't know. That's so overwhelming.
0: It is. I think I predicted that Rainbow Six Siege would get pushed back a couple episodes ago when we had our uh, predictions for we did which we games. did talk
1: about it and I think I think Rainbow Six needed it because earlier reports were saying the game uh, didn't wasn't very fleshed out and it didn't like there were a lot of technical issues and like the alpha and beta weren't shaping up to look very good. The beta
0: is still is next month. I think September twenty fourth. Is the beta not even out yet? The beta is not out yet. No, the beta is next month. So that's still on track though. That didn't get delayed. I'm really it like it's rainbow six is really coming out quickly for a ubisoft game i always feel like we wait forever for ubisoft games except for obviously assassin's creed since that's annualized um but they tend to have a track record of announcing games and then the game's not coming out for a good two years if not more um right so i'm honestly surprised with how quickly they've announced rainbow six and within i mean 16 to 18 months the game's going to be out um I still think they should have pushed it out of this year because of the reasons I said earlier, mentioned all, mentioning all of the other games that are coming out, but I mean, that's fine. I mean, I'm just glad if they felt like it wasn't ready, I always like studios to push things back. In this case, I wish they would have moved it back because of other games in the way, but I mean, <laughs> that's just that's just me and I don't know ubisoft For selfish reasons yeah selfish gamer reasons which i don't think is anything to your wallet would
1: probably also appreciate it
0: yeah probably definitely um so yeah i thought that was worth mentioning though that was something that was announced last week um so what do we got here uh I... let's go to the kingdom hearts because last week yay this is i know something you want to touch on here there's not a whole lot it's, of news here it's not it's,
1: it's super short and quick i'll keep it short and sweet uh D23 Expo was last week, I believe. Yeah, last no.
0: w- last weekend. Yeah.
1: Okay, last weekend. And they had a short blip about Kingdom Hearts uh, 3 there and they announced that Big Hero 6 would be a world in the game and that like the darkness would take over an evil version of the robot Baymax and Sora would be like there's some concept art like Sora riding on Baymax as they fly to fight the evil one. Uh, it all looked very cool. The the really sweet thing about this, besides it being, you know, this new animated film that's in this game now, it's showing their dedication to having new worlds in this game. It's not just having a couple so far. They seem to be pretty fleshing it out very well. Um, there was the Tangled World they announced initially. Uh, there's a whole new portion of Hercules, which has been in many previous games, but it's Mount Olympus now. So it's you know they're these are new rich and detailed environments and this big hero 6 one can only be just as cool it also shows that they're touching the more modern 3D animated films like they're they're not just sticking to old disney yeah, films they're yeah, doing new definitely. properties and stuff so it's all pretty promising and exciting
0: yeah it definitely looks cool um i haven't seen big hero 6 but uh knowing it was an that, awesome film knowing that baymax and the rest of the gang are going to be in kingdom hearts definitely makes me want to see it i've wanted to watch it for a while now but i just it's hard to watch those animated films when you don't have a younger brother or sister i feel like obviously you can go to the movies and see them yourself at the theater which i do which yeah i just don't have anybody who i know is interested in going to see some of that stuff with me um I'm def- I definitely want to see this film now. I will maybe rent it from Redbox or on demand. Or I'll find a way to watch it. Uh obviously I think I have ample time to watch it before Kingdom Hearts 3 itself is released. But uh it's definitely we probably
1: have at least another decade.
0: <laughs> yeah, probably. Give or take. Um but yeah, I'm definitely interested in watching this movie now and I definitely think that it's a great idea for them to add this. My one hold up and question would be well not even a hold up, but my one question would be, does Big Hero Six being in this game now kill all hope of a Marvel universe being in the game because I don't know if you're aware of this, but Big Hero Six is a Marvel property. it started out as a mm-hmm. Marvel comic um I don't think it's going on anymore. I'm not sure um uh, I know that I know that it did start out as a Marvel comic though. Uh, it was if it. It's not see. That's the thing is it's it's a Marvel comic, but it's not associated with the Avengers and all of that stuff. It's kind of like in its own universe. Um, I don't.
1: I don't think it deconfirms like the potential for Marvel superheroes, like you know the Avengers universe. Yeah. Uh, from being in the game, I don't. I don't think it deconfirms that because there's really no allusions to the Avengers or m- the Marvel Cinematic Universe in. Um. Hero 6 besides the Stan Lee cameo
0: there is a Stan Lee cameo in that movie? yep there too that's awesome now I definitely need to see it
1: yeah it's pretty It's super slick like sly one at the very very end is a lot more obvious because it actually shows Stan Lee and his talking and stuff uh, but there's another one I'd say about a third of the way in the film that like you you just gotta like catch it with your eye really quick it's not they don't point it out or drag it out
0: that's that's it's, that's really cool. I mean, yeah,
1: so I, I don't think it deconfirms the possibility of a, a Marvel uh, world in that game because Disney didn't show it off in any way tied to that universe. So I think the two could stay separate in the game.
0: I definitely think so too, but I'm hoping that that's not their internal thinking if you know what i mean like i'm hoping that they're making the game and they're like well let's include some sort of marvel property since disney has the rights to that now they're like well let's just go with big hero six because that probably fits the best which in reality the marvel superhero stuff i don't think it would mesh with kingdom hearts very well at all that doesn't mean i don't want it though um as a big marvel comics fan i would love that even though i don't think it'll work Seeing Donald and Goofy fight alongside Spider-Man would be really, really weird. Um, It'd be pretty out of normal, out of place. It would be cool, though, and I'm going to hold out hope for it. Um, I still think the Star Wars possibility is way more likely. Um, I I think that fits perfectly.
1: Star Wars makes a little more sense. I, I,
0: I think it works so well, and I can already envision it in my head. I think it would be in the same vein of how Tron was in Kingdom Hearts Two. I mean, on a on a surface level, you can't understand how or why Tron is in that game. But then once you play it, you you're, you kind of you're like, okay, this this feels right, even though it probably shouldn't. Um, and- they they see
1: they do a very good job of taking Disney property and Final Fantasy properties that really shouldn't be meshing together and make them fit very well pirates of oh, the caribbean
0: un- was another good example i think too because they made that feel for kingdom hearts too yeah they made that feel that on the surface level as well didn't sound right to me but once i saw it 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 worked more than i thought it would so yeah i they th- do i think they know what it's an doing. excellent
1: they do an excellent job of meshing all you know two different completely different properties uh together very well so, so it's one of the selling points of the franchise.
0: So final thing here. You might have mentioned this earlier, uh, but how many how many worlds do we know of in this game now? So we've got Big Hero 6 and we have Tangled. Did you say something about Hercules?
1: There's a Hercules world. Okay. That was confirmed.
0: Yeah, because the Titans or whatever. We saw that. In Twilight,
1: world, so. Twilight Town.
0: Twilight Town is in it again.
1: So there's four confirmed...
0: Is that it? The Tangled one is re- the one I still think will be odd.
1: I can't remember if Frozen was confirmed or not.
0: I don't think it's not. Frozen isn't confirmed. I would have re- I would have remembered that one, but people are saying it might as well be because they can't imagine them making this game and not adding Disney's biggest blockbuster movie of the past. Well, it's the, their biggest movie of all time, isn't it? Money-wise, yeah. Money-wise, yeah. I mean, obviously that accounts for inflation. In the animated film department, yeah. um, But yeah, Frozen. People are saying that they can't see a way that Frozen isn't incorporated into the game somehow. So yeah.
1: So so far, just four confirmed.
0: Yeah. And then a bunch of, and then people have been doing digging into some other stuff and trying to look at Sora's uh, special moves he has. Like I saw one person say something like. Um, each of the Keyblade moves that you unlock in the game has to deal with a specific world, and then so they and then there's a way. In one of the trailers, we saw Sora transform his Keyblade into like two guns, and people yeah, took that as like, "Oh crud, that means there is going to be a Star Wars world because blasters and Han Solo or something like that." So people are reading into way more than I think they should be at this point, but
1: quite the overstretch
0: there's a lot of theories at this point
1: so yeah the what the transformations of the keyblades are uh do relate to the worlds and then there's like these power-ups that relate to old disney rides and stuff yeah so really who knows what it is yet and we'll just have to wait till we're closer yeah for i was gonna say concrete things but like
0: as you said we're so far out that who the heck knows anything at this and there point.
1: we've even had a topic on this show like what worlds we'd want in kingdom hearts and stuff so there's still plenty of time for speculation and confirmation and new properties you know like there's um inside out just came out from pixar there's also the good dinosaur coming out this november that very well could be in there like a dinosaur world you know totally could be oh dude
0: what if they lined it up with like what if it came out near the time incredibles 2 comes out which was also announced um, last week. It yeah, Disney but
1: Incredibles and... two I think is farther out than it Kingdom probably... Hearts three. Really, I do.
0: When's I so Incredibles two is probably twenty seventeen, twenty eighteen. If I had to guess,
1: probably yeah.
0: That sounds right, at least
1: makes sense. Kingdom
0: like... Hearts could be that far out, but who. Who knows? Oh, it, with it, Square it could Enix, be like, that far out, but with Square Enix, think, it's hard. to I tell. I do think
1: it is a 2016, 2017 game.
0: I'm leaning. I'm leaning there too, but Lord, who knows at this point? I'm so. Uh, Square's got too much on their plate. Anyway, we uh, we'll move on from that. Don't need to dwell on Kingdom Hearts and release dates any longer because I think it'll drive us all insane. Um, th- we've got two other stories here. One of them is more recent. Uh, actually, was happened today. today. Uh Nintendo came out with a bit of news. They announced the re- release dates for a bunch of new things including Star Fox 0 which now has a release date of uh November November 20th. November 20th. So slot that in there right behind Battlefront and uh Fallout and Tomb Raider and all that stuff. Um so more games and on more games on more games in November. So that's going to be great. Um, but they released, they also released info on certain Amiibos. Uh, we are, we are getting a mega Yarn Yoshi, which stands at seven inches tall compared to the uh, standard Yarn Yoshi, which is only three inches tall. It looks awesome. Let's just,
1: let's just talk about November 11th here. The day Super Mario Maker comes out. You mean September? September 11th. Thank you. Sorry. Wrong month. Um, September 11th. There's the classic 8 bit Mario amiibo. There's the modern 8 bit Mario amiibo, which in America currently is only available in the special sup- uh, Super Mario Maker Wii U bundle exclusively at Walmart. That's a mouthful. Ah, then shoot. There's... I might
0: have to pick that up.
1: No. It, it, import it. Don't pay $300.
0: It's $300? <laughs> It's a Wii U bundle. Oh, it's a like Wii U bundle. I it's thought it's it was. Ju- I thought it was just yeah. the game and the amiibo, kind of like the mm-hmm. Mario Party was.
1: Nope they don't have they don't have that bundle in America yet. Okay, then. Nope. Then there is Zero Suit Samus, which does not so far have a retailer. Yeah, which is so. This
0: is going to be what wave? I think this is wave five B. Five B. Yes. Okay. So then
1: Bowser Jr., which is a Toys R Us.
0: Yes, Toys R Us exclusive. exclusive. Doctor Mario is the target, target. exclusive. Yes. Olimar, which is just there. Regular. Yeah.
1: Uh, Ganondorf, which is just there. Then, on the 25th of September, the triple pack from GameStop with uh, Mr. Game Watch, Duck Hunt, and Rob comes out. Which, let uh, which me just is... say
0: something with that real quick. There Go were so many of those available for pre order. I couldn't believe it. It was. It even went up again today. Yeah, it went up again today. I was shocked by that. And that's just. That's awesome. That's a good
1: I, That's a good sign. Yeah,
0: it is. Plus, let me throw this in there. We're getting Captain Falcon restocks finally. Hooray! Praise the Lord. I can finally pick up a Captain Falcon again and quit going crazy about uh, losing the one I had because I traded it away. But um, we're getting Captain you're Falcon so restocks. So... That was confirmed the other day. So uh, we're getting restocks of, I think, Captain Falcon, Little Mac. Um there was a couple other older ones in there that were from like wave two or three that are finally coming back. So if you're still looking That's for good. those, rejoice. Those are coming.
1: Um, finally. Uh, a couple weeks later, in October, the Yarn Yoshis make their debut along with Yoshi's Woolly World. I imported one of those. I think I mentioned that on the show. Yeah. Super adorable, super soft. And then like you said, there's a mega one, like a giant Yarn Yoshi coming out later as well. a month
0: later on November 15th.
1: Yeah. And then there are other amiibos. I'm, I won't go into detail, but there's the Me Fighters, Mewtwo, Falco, all that stuff's been confirmed. And then the Animal Crossing lineup is supposed to be this holiday.
0: Also of note, though, is Falco, the only amiibo of the original uh, roster that didn't have a release date, finally does have a release date. It comes out day and date with Star Fox Zero on November 20th. So be sure to Makes pick sense. up Star Fox Zero next to your cap or not Captain Falcon, uh, your, next to your Falco Amiibo on the same day. Uh, Mewtwo is getting, uh, Max mentioned Mewtwo and the Me Fighters. Uh, the Me Fighters are coming in a triple pack, I'm pretty sure, same as the Retro Pack. They all release on November 1st. Um, Mewtwo comes out about two weeks later on November 13th. Two days later is Megayarn Yoshi. Five days later, Star Fox and Falco. So yeah, yeah. And it's a, it's Nintendo's filling out their fall lineup. Uh, we've also got of Amiibos. Yeah, of Amiibos. Well, we also did get release dates today for we didn't. I don't think we mentioned it, but Chi Robo Ziplash comes out uh, October 9th. The 9th. Uh, and you and an Amiibo does come with that game. So again, <laughs> with Amiibo. Uh, but we also did get release dates for Zelda Triforce Heroes, which I don't think we had before. That's October 23rd. Yokai Watch, the new Pokemon Spiritual Successor, whatever you want to call it, um, is coming November, November 6th. 6th. Uh, Xenoblade Chronicles X, which I'm pretty sure we already had a release date for, is on uh, December 4th. And then we still do not have release dates for the Amiibo Festival game or uh, the Mario Tennis game on Wii U that is coming at the end of the yeah. year. Yeah.
1: They just they just say holiday, which I mean I would hope they come before Christmas, but we'll see.
0: I, I mean you think they have to, but I mean those two games those two games are ones that I think you can push back, um, especially Mario Tennis. I think you can push that back maybe into June, uh, not June January or February of the following year.
1: Yeah, they'd still count as holiday. Uh, the I don't know. There's just they just dropped this bombshell on us of all these amiibos and stuff and all these other games coming out like fatal frame and stuff yeah and it's just there's just a awesome lineup like nintendo is really knocking it out of the park this holiday with stuff coming out
0: yeah i definitely think that um i think amiibo festival is the one game that will probably stick around and will for sure release this holiday um especially since they've got a good eight to twelve amiibo slated to come out with exclusive compatibility for that game alone uh, all of the different Animal Crossing amiibo. So I think that game for sure is gonna stay within the window of holiday. Uh, Mario. Oh ten- my gosh. Mario Tennis. We'll see about.
1: They showed off those KK Slider amiibos. They did. I just, uh, it's. I. I think I'm out, and then they pull me back in. <laughs> you just. You can't get away from these darn things.
0: I know you're telling me you're telling me I, i've got the, i know I've got the you're the one with the problem so yeah i've got the serious issues here um but yeah so that was good on nintendo to um show off all those release dates today um get a little bit better idea of what their fall lineup and their holiday lineup is looking like um and especially for someone like me who's really anal about the amiibos and when those are releasing and what store i need to camp out in front of the day that they're released um I'm happy to know when they're all coming, and now can start planning my plan of attack, I guess I don't know,
1: yeah, like you you'll be able to you'll know what you need to have by when yeah and for where, and like you can again do a legendary day where you get the entire wave in one day. Which I probably just is...
0: will do that. I'm already thinking of it. I'll hit up, it's, I'll hit up target it's in the still morning. still mind blowing. I'll, I'll hit up target in the morning, pick up Dr. Mario. Cause I have that day off school, the day they all release. So well, the 11th. Well, yeah, it's a Friday. I don't have class on Fridays. So nice. I'll swing by, pick up my Dr. Mario, run over to Greenwood, pick up my, uh, Bowser Jr. And then, Yeah happy happy Gosh,
1: you're so good you're so good at hunting them down
0: i know luckily they've actually been releasing a decent amount of them lately so i don't have to cry myself to sleep but i did get lucky with lucina and robin though and i need to import a dark pit because that's going to drive me insane at this point as well
1: go ahead import yeah, him
0: i probably will very soon so Do you... ladies and gentlemen our last news story of the week is not really news per se, but is more of opinion-type and news that has come out of the industry. Um, reviews. A review for a very large game, one of the year's biggest, is finally upon us. Um, Metal Gear Solid Five: the Phantom Pain reviews, went live last night. And Max, the all of the internet outlets, the game-reviewing websites, whatever, the industry... Kind of was set on fire last night by this game because it is receiving perfect scores across the board. I know IGN and game, GameSpot each gave it a perfect 10. Uh, game Informer gave it a 9.25. Um, a couple other sites gave it 5 out of 5s and perfect scores as well. Basically, This game is blowing up, and we've talked about Metal Gear a lot on this show because of the whole ordeal surrounding uh, Kojima and Konami. I still hate saying those two names back-to-back because I always want to say Kojimi and... I don't know. Kojama? Kojama, I guess that would be it.
1: Kojima... Kojama? Kojama? Pajamas?
0: Pajamas. Bananas and Pajamas. pajamas are walking down the stairs. I don't know that. Bananas and pajamas... They're going in pairs. I don't know. I,
1: I nope, nope. You've that's lost a, that's an old.
0: Life. That's an old creepy show from my childhood about bananas wearing pajamas, and it was for little kids. But it was more just really demented than anything.
1: You let's let's reel it back in. I was gonna say let's, let's
0: get away from bananas and pajamas. Normally, I like to yeah. kind of take the show off the rails, but I don't even want to take us to that dark corner today. Um, but yeah, Metal Gear Solid Five. The reviews hit. Everybody says it's incredible. Everybody says it's one of the defining games of this generation of consoles so far, if not of the past <laughs> ten to fifteen years. Um, it's just
1: it's so. People are saying it's the best Metal Gear. Um,
0: it sounds like thing, hands down the best Metal Gear gameplay without question, for sure. Yep, Every, which everybody has it said. Basically,
1: that. go ahead. It's it's supposed to take Ground Zeroes gameplay of this open world potential for Metal Gear and actually implement the open world part of it. Um, Because Ground Zero is kind of, I feel like, is torn between um, something like the tanker from Metal Gear Solid 2, a restricted area with uh, specific missions, but it tries to implement that open world part instead of a linear uh, path to take. You know, you need to enter through here, and then you need to work your way down to the basement. Um, And those two didn't mesh quite as well. And then also... It also took elements from Peace Walker but left out some of the more vital ones like GMP and the Fulton system. Uh, so it just... It tr- it was limited because they had to basically chop it off and make something to sell. And so that's the fault on the game part And if, there. I'm,
0: if, I, if I'm... I might be incorrect here, but with Ground Zeroes, the comparison between Ground Zeroes and the Phantom Pains. So they were both... Ground Zeroes was open world in a sense. It was basically like they dropped you in a little playground. And it was like, hey, here's the new gameplay elements for Metal Gear. Uh, there is a story here. There is a mission here. But for the most part, here's how the Phantom Pain is really going to go. Here's how the new gameplay is going to work. And uh, you can just kind of tool around in this little area and figure it out for yourself. And they gave you some side ops. And then there was the main op, obviously, where you're trying to rescue... Uh what's the little kid's name man I forget Chico Chico I wanted to say pause but I know that was the girl Um yes it was Chico yeah you got to go rescue Chico Um so my whole thing from what i've understood from people talking about the phantom pain and i might be completely off here but when they drop you in the open world you could be running along down a path and all of a sudden somebody comes up to you or you find somebody and they're like hey i need you to do this can you do this for me and it's a little side quest and then bam you start doing that immediately um
1: you can yeah like
0: it's the thing with ground it's an open world what was that
1: I just it's an open world. Yeah, like you can approach anything from any angle, and you can start different things. Like you don't have to stick to the story all the time.
0: Well, see, the thing with um, Ground Zeroes that kind of irked me was that they did have the side ops and stuff like that, but you had to go back out to the menu, and you had to select the different side ops individually and start them, and. I mean you know it wasn't cohesive yeah it, it wasn't it wasn't it was separated yeah it was separated the main mission and the side ops were completely separate from one another whereas in this game you could be trying to do a main op and you could be on a main mission uh, but then halfway down the road you find a dude and you're, he's like hey my buddy got captured in this outpost over here can you go get him back and then you you're like yeah sure okay and so then your new main objective you decide is this side op rather than this main op, main op that could be what it's like. I haven't played the game, even though I really wish I had. Um, one one more week. One more week. That's all we've got left. I am super pumped. Um, but from what I've gathered and from the things I've heard from people, that kind of sounds like what it's like compared to Ground mm-hmm. Zeroes because that was the one thing I didn't like with Ground Zeroes is that – They try to make it open world, but then they are so specific on the things you can do. Like, yeah, you can do this side op, but this is the only thing you can do now. And yeah, you can do this main op, but this is your only objective. You don't have multiple objectives, and if you want to deviate from that, you really can't. You can run around and you can have fun in this little area we've placed you in, but that's about all we're going to give you. So Ground Zeroes was interesting, and like I said earlier, more than anything, it got me familiar with the gameplay. Which I really did like, and I am going to love sinking my teeth into a Metal Gear game that has those same gameplay elements, and I'm going to enjoy playing it for a good fifty plus hours. Um,
1: that seems to be the runtime for most people right now. Like reviews are saying, they played roughly fifty to sixty hours, and like they're still not done with it. So there's a lot of there's a lot of meat on the bones of this game. I think from the review. Out of all the reviews or opinions I've read so far, uh, Jason Schreier over at Kotaku one he just put up uh his quick opinions, like first impressions because a little bullet point. Yeah, he's not done yet. So one of the bu- the one bullet point that really kind of stuck out to me, and he elaborated on this on Twitter a little later, was that the game stays at a locked sixty frames per second, uh, no matter how crazy It gets on screen, you know, things blowing up, bullets flying everywhere. It is a locked 60. It never dipped once in his 30 hours so far. Yeah, he
0: said something on Twitter about how this is the one game. The game. Yeah, this is the one game that people need to see and understand that this is why people freak out about frame rates so much. Yeah, like
1: this is the game to show people 60 frames a second is important yeah when they ask when
0: they ask why it's so much of a difference between 30 frames per second or 60 this is the one which kind of is
1: crazy because like i uh, this game is using the fox engine which is bonkers but when i was driving home today i thought oh my goodness this game is also on last generation it's a it's also a ps3 and xbox 360 game yeah that's weird I, and it's fitting all of this content on there. See, I don't, I'm inter- I'm, I don't
0: I'm interested though with those older versions like on the 360 how many discs is it because you know it's going to be multiple discs. Uh, oh, it has to be. And then on the PS3 I'm wondering I'm wondering how that how that'll run,
1: how big that install is. Yeah.
0: I mean, things like that because I mean, yeah, it is on the last gen systems, but boy, it's Yeah, the last
1: gen system like I don't think the last gen systems will be a lock sixty. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Think I, I, that don't can I don't happen. think
0: they will either. I don't think it'll be able to but happen.
1: But those game, that game is still supposed to be massive. You know, Afghanistan and Africa are supposed to be very large areas. That's what I've heard. And then there's the whole mother base operation where you can build this base and expand it
0: and run around. And it's it. It's
1: supposed to be huge as well. Like, <laughs> I just, it's, it's blowing my mind that a game like that is running, in some capacity, on the previous generation systems, and it's not limited content you know it's not just a splice of what you could have if you were on a next generation current gen so ps4 xbox one or pc so it is the full metal gear experience it may not i mean it will not look as pretty but the entire game is there and that is really cool to see
0: i'm guessing it'll probably be a grand theft auto 5 type thing where if you played the Mm -hmm. game on last gen and then bought the current gen version as well um There was a sort of like haze in the last-gen versions where you couldn't see past a certain point. It just got really foggy compared Mm -hmm. to in the current-gen versions on Xbox One and PS4 where you can pretty much see as far as the game world itself goes or until you see a mountain or something. Until you can't see any further is basically how far the game world goes compared to in the last-gen versions... Uh, you could see pretty far, but up until a point, it started to get hazy and foggy, and you couldn't see past that. Yeah. So that's that's how I'm imagining. I'm excited. Metal I'm Gear very
1: Army. excited to see how it runs because I, I don't think about that when I think about a Metal Gear game. I think about the story. I think about the gameplay. I think about the weapons and how camouflage and the sneaking and just hearing you know Jason Schreier say that really got me excited to see this game in person running yeah because you know like uh jason schreier also mentioned you know like the witcher the witcher is a gorgeous game and it runs it runs at a i think it's 1080 is it 1080 60 on ps4 it might be Um, see i
0: play i play it on i play it on xbox one and i know it doesn't I know it doesn't hit 1080 for me. It like
1: the The Witcher Three is a humongous and gorgeous world. I mean, it basically it's three open worlds in one. If you go to each of the main lands, yeah. But that frame rate isn't locked, and it does dip, and it does drag, and it gets it does, slow. And it and gets
0: and really rough at points. Like that game, it, that game is a beautiful. Going on, that can. game is beautiful at times, but when it's the frame rate's dropping or it can't keep up with itself, it does look very rough around the edges it can
1: and you know it's trying to do a lot and the witcher 3 really is the f- the first big fully realized open world this generation yeah and it's it's a technical marvel that it's even running on these machines it's just so cool um but you know i think the the phantom pain is that next step in a fully realized open world now Comparing those two open worlds will be very interesting. They're different games. The Witcher 3 is presumably more populated. Yeah, Because definitely. these are cities and areas and stuff, and Snake is just in the desert of Afghanistan and the forest of Africa. So, But
0: there's bears and goats and stuff like that that you can... True. Fulton, is it Fulton?
1: Fulton? Um, Yeah, Fulton. F-U-L-T-O-N.
0: Yeah. I wanna say futon. I was like, no, that's a couch thing. No,
1: that's that's a couch bed. Yeah. But <laughs> the Phantom Pain, I'm really excited for it. Um I'm i I'm gonna try and get it as close to launch as possible. I really am. Uh it's actually probably better from school that I'm not getting it at launch right away. Unless I magically find sixty dollars floating down the street, but it's maybe that'll happen. The Phantom Pain at the very least is Kojima's Swanson and according to reviews he hits the right notes and you know what he he deserves a send off like this from kojima and from the franchise because you know metal gear is his baby and he very well could never touch another metal gear game again and that's
0: he tweeted this morning. Today is his birthday, actually, by the way. He tweeted this morning. Thank you for all the thank you for all the love. I'm 52 today, and I will continue making games the rest of my life, or something. It was something along those. lines. He ones.
1: said he had to continue creating. Yeah. yeah. So so that got I mean, people man, really excited.
0: Whether it's Metal yeah. Gear or not, his he's going to continue making games after this whole Fallout situation with Konami is over. So yeah. and that so, and that's great. I. Mean, I I love I'm very game.
1: excited for the Phantom Pain, and I'm very happy for him and the team uh, that worked very hard on this game, Yeah, because it sounds like they deserve it.
0: So I, I want to ask you one thing here, one last thing about this game. Uh, I, know, I know we've been talking about it for a little bit here, and we should probably get over to our topics after this break we got coming up, but the one consistent thing that I noticed in the reviews that wasn't necessarily a knock, but everybody said, ah, I guess I was kind of disappointed with the story this time around. And I was just curious what your thoughts on that were, because personally, um well first off, I think we all know that Kojima this time around decided to go more gameplay heavy rather than story heavy because there were some there were some legitimate points in Metal Gear Solid 4 where the cutscenes were ninety plus minutes long before you would ever play again. And that yeah. kinda irked a lot of people. But at the same time, if you're a Metal Gear fan, that's something you love and you look forward to those set-piece moments where there's cutscenes forever. Um, It seems like Kojima this time focused more on the gameplay rather than the cutscenes and the story and stuff like that. And I don't think the story in this game is going to be necessarily bad, but I'm wondering what are you expecting from the story going in? Because I have to be honest, I'm not expecting a lot. Um, I feel like this... People are saying this is the missing chapter of the Metal Gear saga, but I really don't feel like it is because we know what happens after this point. We know what happens in the conclusion of uh, Metal Gear Solid 4. Spoilers if you haven't played Metal Gear Solid 4. I want to talk about that a little bit. We know Big Boss is still alive at the end of Metal Gear Solid 4. We know that he's kind of – that the real true bad guy to the entire series is uh, – what's the one dude's name who's your, uh, kind of the colonel type person in uh, Metal Gear Solid 3? Zero. Major wow. Zero. We know he's the person who kind of... I don't know if you know any of these story elements or if you remember any of them. Um, But Zero is kind of the main bad guy throughout the whole series. And we know that at some point, Big Boss is going to kind of lose his mind and become a quote-unquote bad guy. And Outer Outer Heaven is going to become its own third-party tactical terrorist unit type thing. Um... So we know that's going to happen. We know what happens. We just don't know exactly what leads up to it. And I think the only kind of stopgap we're missing here involves the Les Enfants replay stuff and where Snake and uh, Liquid kind of come into all of this. And I think from the trailers, we're going—it's that's going to get touched on a little bit. But everybody is really hyped for the story with this game, and I don't—I don't think there's a whole lot that needs to be filled in. Is that just me or?
1: I mean, Metal Gear Solid Three is my favorite Metal Gear game. I agree, and this picks up uh, shortly after Peace Walker, which is the direct sequel to. Yeah. I think Metal it picks. It, I mean, this
0: pick. I mean, Ground Zeroes yeah. picks up immediately after Peace Walker. I think, or not immediately, but very close, pretty darn soon. Yeah,
1: and you know, exploring Big Boss because Big Boss is a good guy that eventually becomes a bad guy, and this is. I think this is the essentially the straw that breaks the camel's back yeah. and how Big Boss becomes the villain and that's the part I'm interested in because that's the character arc and this arc has been going on for an entire franchise essentially you know jumping back yeah. and forth and timelines and all this stuff but
0: but with the I'm con- excited I was just I'm
1: excited to see how that plays out.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to see how that transformation works because yeah, we already know the conclusion is he becomes a sort of anti-hero. Um, I think it's weird to even like, he does become the bad guy of sorts, but even then, when you learn the like secret things that were happening at the end of Metal Gear Solid four, you realize, okay, he wasn't necessarily that bad, but the things he was doing weren't necessarily good. It's kind of one of those like in between type gray areas. Um, but, like, I am interested in seeing how that transformation takes place, and I think it's something we've already seen with, I mean, between Metal Gear Solid 3 and Peace Walker and so on. I mean, starting with him, him having to kill his old uh, master, the boss, and just, I mean, you can see how things have started to take a toll on him, and um, we we kind of know the path he's on at this point. So it's going to be interesting. Um I, like, I'm interested to see what happens. The, yeah, the, one, the one story B I am interested in is th- this game takes place, is it eight years after Ground Zeroes? Because Big Boss goes into a coma and he wakes up. Something that. like
1: that. Yeah, it's a while. So
0: I'm interested in seeing how that'll be in that whole reacclimation to what's going on in the world and stuff like that. So that'll be interesting for sure. But, yeah, I don't know. I just wanted to talk about that for a minute because I know people had said that that was the one thing I saw reviewers saying, that there were some sketchy parts with the story, and it didn't really... It was kind of hit or miss at spots. It wasn't ever bad, per se, but it wasn't necessarily on par with past Metal Gear moments, uh, past yeah, Metal Gear story it wasn't, beats.
1: It was, so, yeah, it wasn't a Metal Gear Solid 3, because that's the best one out there.
0: Yeah, true. So, I don't know. I was just curious what your thoughts about the story were even going in, because I just didn't even feel like we needed... I don't know. I don't feel like there's a lot left to know.
1: I'm always excited for another story from Hideo Kojima. Yeah,
0: same, same with me. But um, so that's it. We got a week until Metal Gear. Hopefully, we can just all finally shut up and play the game because it's supposed to be incredible at this point, and we can quit talking about the Konami and the Kojima fallout that has been discussed for months. Um, but yeah, with that, we're we're done with the, I guess, news you would say, even though some of that wasn't all news. But we're going to come back right here in just a moment with our topics, talk about Until Dawn, and then I've got something that kind of deals with Metal Gear and Witcher and just games that have come out this year that I want to talk about. So be sure to come right back and listen to that in a minute, and we will break down our topics. Welcome back to Millennial Gaming Speak, everybody. Um, so this is the segment of our show, like I mentioned earlier, where we do topics every week. So if you're new to the show, me and Max each bring a topic, and we usually talk it out. And so this week, um, I said at the top of the show, um, Max has played Until Dawn recently, and I think this Da-da-da. is a I think this is a game that I know a lot of people who are on the fence about this one. Um, Max, you were kind of on the fence about this one yourself. You said you definitely wanted to pick it up, but I think a lot of people within the industry themselves and uh, gamers especially didn't really know how to feel about it because it. I mean, overall, it looked fun. It's a, basically a horror story version of horror movie version of Heavy Rain, but I still just didn't know because I don't know. I mean, you can screw up those linear based story games. I mean, a good example would be Beyond Two Souls. So, I have a lot of questions about this, but first off, give us your overall take on the game, and what you think about it, and did you enjoy it, and should people pick it up, and um, is it worth the $60 admission price? Let
1: me lay it down for you. I absolutely enjoyed every second playing the game, and I'm still enjoying it when I go back and make different decisions, and I'm finding different things and all this stuff. Um the game the best thing about this game is that it's totally aware of what it is and what it's trying to be and it doesn't try to be anything more uh and it gives its it's all it's eight teenagers in a lodge on a mountain a year after two of their friends disappeared in the same place like it's the each teenager is the perfect stereotype you know you've got the the, the super hot girl who's, like, dating the class president. You've got the geek. You've got this, you know, stand-up girl. You've got the smart, the super brainiac person. Like, everyone fits these roles perfectly. And then and then, Supermassive Games, who developed the game, just lays on this thick layer of high school drama of boyfriends and girlfriends and, you know, pranks and all this stuff that's just kind of caked right there on top of it yeah so it's it's perfect stereotypes and it it's cheesy in a way but it's not ever like annoying or it fails at that stereotype or tries to um give a message on that stereotype about how it should change or any of this it embraces that that be horror so
0: it knows it's trying to be a horror movie basically and it doesn't deviate from that so nope so, I mean, so that's that's good to hear at least because, I mean, seeing the demos of the game, you definitely thought like, wow, this kind of looks like a hokey slasher film. And, and that's, knowing, that's what it is. knowing that that's exactly what it's going for, that's awesome. Because I think one thing with horror movies that I don't enjoy is when they try to be super serious and then they come off as just being lame instead. I think it's good when uh the movies and in this case the game is a little bit more self-aware of what it is and what it's trying to do and the whole time you're like okay this is pretty this is pretty hokey but in a good way i mean is i mean that's basically what this game sounds like am i right
1: you are absolutely right it it embraces it it's got these cool story threads about um you know the like the different the killer and the disappearance and all this stuff and it's really it's a a quality game in like horror story and where another thing it excels at is the the decision system the butterfly effect so to speak it's really good at uh even the small decisions do impact the story later on in a bigger way which is kind of surprising like I that was the big thing i doubted uh, was how big these small decisions would impact things later on yeah and it's really it really works well and the cool thing about the game is uh it's one save file you can't have multiple save files going on and for someone writing the guide that sounds like a pain in the butt but what happens when you beat the game is it opens up a chapter select and you can go back and just change things in chapters that's cool and that works really well and it also has this menu where it's like it's the butterfly effect and it literally shows each choice and then the consequences of that choice laid out as you progress through the game so you can literally see oh because i decided to you know do this in the beginning of the game this is what happened at the end because of that and it's cool to see those whoops i dropped some tweezers that i was using i was fiddling around with tweezers yeah, I have tweezers on my desk. I was fiddling with them. Fidgeting. Fiddling? Anyway. Fiddling? fidgeting. Fid- fid- fidgeting. Anyway.
0: So, okay, so... I
1: lost my train of thought, I'll, but it, it knows what it's doing. It balances it very well.
0: I'll get you... Let me, let me ask you a couple more questions here. So, would you put it, it up there with Heavy Rain? In terms of... Because Heavy Rain to me is like an absolute masterpiece of a game and heavy well, rain touched on way more serious subject matter and was going for the drama approach knowing that this is kind of trying to be the hokey horror film would you put it on an equal level with uh with heavy rain
1: like well yeah like you kind of just said heavy rain is totally a drama it's about a serial killer it's very it's super serious you know jason jason jason, jason. jason. yeah so
0: press x to scream jason <laughs>
1: Basically, it's better than p- press X to pay your respects. <laughs> um, and then Until Dawn is a is a B teenager slasher horror film. Um, so like if you if you put them on the bar of both of them trying to achieve what they were going for, uh, they're pretty darn close. They're pretty okay. equal in that regard. I mean, like, which game do I like more? Uh, I only played on. Un- um, heavy rain once i did
0: too and then i put it down immediately because i didn't want to play it again because that's one of those experiences that still stands out in my mind is just being nearly i do remember a lot of scenes in that game i do too surprisingly even though i played it once i still remember a lot of stuff so
1: so i do think like i do think until dawn has more choices and different outcomes and you think it's because like the
0: storytelling is really well put together as well Cause that's the other. That's yeah, the thing I do. I, I do about. think
1: they structure. I think they structure the story very well. And once you find a bunch of clues and you see how the game concludes, when you look back at previous decisions, you it all pieces together like how and why thing. You know why okay. things are doing what they do, and it's it's very woven together very well. It's very tight knit.
0: That's 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 good. See, you're telling me everything I like to hear, and so. <laughs> I asked you earlier, how long is the game? About how long
1: uh, is the game? The game's got ten chapters. Uh, each of those chapters is roughly 40, 45 minutes a pop. Uh, some are a little shorter than others, depending on the choices you make. Yeah, definitely. Um, so it's a, it's a roughly and you know then if you're hour. collecting everything or not, it can be an eight to ten hour game okay. your first time through.
0: And did you so? I always I always struggle with these linear based like almost interacting cutscene type games because i never know if they're worth my 60 bucks and um i definitely see i definitely don't think i want to pick it up now just because of what we talked about earlier with metal gear coming out next week um but i definitely think it's a game that i want to play especially after seeing the reviews the reviews for until dawn hit this morning too um if you guys aren't aware you should definitely check out some of them uh it's getting a lot of Eights and nines, and a lot of praise for the game. And it has me. I was. It's like the stupid um, Leonardo DiCaprio meme thing from Django Unchained. I would. What is it? Like, you, oh, you had my intention, but now I'm. Do you have sure. my
1: intention yet? Or do I have your attention yet, or something like that?
0: Something. I, I forget. Oh, you have my
1: attention now, or
0: something. Some, we butchered that, but it's something along those lines. Um. So, yeah, I'm definitely really interested in this game more than i already was and because of my love for heavy rain that makes me definitely want to play this game even more um i'm just trying to decide when to pick it up now and I'd rather, sooner rather than later. i would rather do it sooner rather than later but the uh, so i said to you earlier that the two games this fall that i was really interested in that i didn't know would be if they would be good or not was going to be until dawn and mad max and Mad Max also releases next week with Metal Gear Solid V. And I was really thinking about picking both of them up on the same day. Um, doubt I'll do that now just because of... I, I'm on the Metal Gear hype train at this point, And I mean, that's all I'm going to play. Choo day one anyway. Choo. As if I already wasn't. But I'm really... I need to play Metal Gear and I need to see the story's conclusion and the saga's conclusion for that matter. And it just sounds like a ton of fun to play. And so I'm going to put my time into that and then depending on the reviews for Mad Max Mad Max and Until Dawn were the two that I was really torn on and I wanted them each to be so good and I'm really glad that Until until, Dawn is getting Until Dawn is so
1: good Um, it's a lot of fun if you have um, like it's a great game to play with another person or a group of people because did you play it with your girlfriend? it just has like that That energy and vibe of, you know, oh my gosh, but you're in control, you know. Yeah. Uh, You know, when you you may watch a horror movie and, you know, uh, the girl in the towel goes in the basement. Well, you have control over how she acts in the basement now, you know. Yeah. She doesn't have to be dumb. She can Rather than screaming at
0: her for her dumb decisions. Like that stupid Mm -hmm. Geico commercial. Now you can
1: scream at her while you control her. Yeah, like that stupid Geico
0: commercial where they're like, let's hide behind all these chainsaws or... Whatever. You know what I'm talking about? I haven't seen that one. You yeah, haven't? I mean, they're, like, running Mm-mm. from a serial killer or something like that, and they're just talking about how stupid, um, like, horror movies are. And one dude's like, hey, let's get in that car and drive away." And she's like, are you stupid? That's the worst idea ever. Let's hide in that garage. And there's, like, a bunch of, like, knives dangling from the ceiling or something like that.
1: That so, sounds pretty corny.
0: Yeah. It's basically what it is. It, the... So yeah, I'm, until, I'm interested. Until in dawn
1: it. is a is a solid game. The butterfly effect system works really well. It does entice you to play uh, multiple times, and you can play multiple times because it's 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 hokey enough where it works, and you are super curious about how the outcomes. Like today, I was making a list of uh, how to kill uh, the different teenagers. Like which scenarios I had to put them in to kill them. That's pretty. The set pieces work really well the locations are creepy and spooky and the way the story unfolds is uh it does pretty well for itself okay it's it's a pretty solid game especially if you like those choice and consequence games
0: which Uh, i do and i think a lot of people mm -hmm. do at this point seeing the success of all the telltale stuff and the quantic dream stuff so um i've got a bunch more questions about it but i don't think i want to ask them i think at this point i just want to play it and it's out totally tomorrow, should. as we mentioned earlier. Comes out or,
1: August twenty fifth.
0: Yeah, or should be out today. So if you're listening to this day of release, it's out. Go buy it if you want to. Um,
1: it's most certainly a win. Exclusive it, to PS four.
0: It sounds fun. Yeah, and yeah, and that's the other thing. That is their one of their exclusives for this fall season. So it's good to hear that it's doing well. Hopefully, it continues to do well the next couple months. Um, I felt like I feel like there's been no marketing for it, so I'm hoping it does. It does. I'm hoping it does fairly well at retail, so we'll see. I might pick it up. I might rent it. It'll. I'll have. You it should
1: aside. most definitely play it and let me know how it ends for you.
0: I'll play it at some point, but I don't know if I'll purchase it per se. So no, I don't it's know. It's a winner. I'll let you. Winner
1: know. winner chicken dinner.
0: So, um, Logan, switching to my topic this week, yeah.
1: Max, because your topic is a big secret. It's not you a wouldn't secret. wouldn't tell me what it was about.
0: It's not a secret. I just wanted to save it for. Right now, so... Um, Lay it on me. We don't keep things much secret heading into the show anymore. Um, so, my topic this week, and something that has really kind of annoyed me with the gaming community as a whole. Um, going back to the middle, you saw 5 reviews last night. So, the reviews hit about 8 o'clock Eastern Time, something around there. And um, I'm in a couple Facebook groups... Um, for gaming type stuff and I get to see what other people say and interact with them and stuff like that and as soon as it came out everybody was like heck yeah man I knew this game would be awesome Metal Gear Solid 5 for game of the year but they're also saying things like um yeah take that Witcher 3 you're nothing compared to Metal Gear Solid and ha huh, I knew Witcher 3 would be a joke compared to this game haha <laughs> like specifically people were bashing on Witcher 3 I guess because that had been the game of the year frontrunner up until this point and I just don't understand. So I don't even – I guess my question overall is what is up with this type of attitude and this fervor from the gaming community where it's like they're trying to stick it to the other games. Like, ha, the one I got behind is better than this one because a person with an opinion said it was. I mean, I just – I don't get get this culture in the gaming community where people were –
1: It's this – Blame war mentality i don't you understand
0: know. it because i've been I've, get, I've been going back to witcher 3 for instance just using that game for instance and i've been enjoying the heck out of it like i want to try to get in an hour or so tonight before i have to go to bed but i'm really enjoying going back to witcher and that is really one of the best games this year when metal gear solid 5 comes out next week i'm not going to go take a giant dump on witcher 3 because that was still a game i enjoy thoroughly enjoyed this year so what is up with this mentality of this game has to be game of the year because it's the game I want to be game of the year the most. And I'm going to campaign for and champion this game. And I just don't understand the mentality of people on the internet or in the gaming community it's at all. A lot, it, and it was, a lot of
1: it is bandwagon. Yeah. You know, people jump on this bandwagon. Uh, and people don't think logically on the internet. For Witcher and Phantom Pain, although both open world games are entirely different. Um, They're both great. For Witcher Three is set reasons. in a fantasy world with monsters, elves, dwarves, magic, all this stuff. The quest and the story in there is completely different than tactical espionage uh, action. You know, sneaking around, extracting people from situations, using guns, futuristic technology. Yeah, like the two are just completely different. But because this industry is so passionate, and we have Game of the Year and stuff like these things are compared, just like Oscars. Yeah. And you know what? Fallout's going to come out in November, right?
0: Um yes, November 10th.
1: Okay, yeah, that's another open world game, but entirely different setting, even more than The Phantom Pain and most certainly different than The Witcher 3. Yeah. You know, these they're entirely different yet they encompass the same mechanics in this open world thing. And I guess, you know, it's just kind of like people have a tough time agreeing to disagree. Uh, like my game of the year last year was Shovel Knight and a lot of people had different games of the years uh, right now uh, like Batman Arkham Knight I think is a masterpiece like it's a wonderful and fantastic game and I th- it's currently my game of the year um, you know even more so than The Witcher and, and you could even say yeah. that Batman's an open world game because all of Gotham is you know open yeah, to you at a certain point an open in the game. World game so you know what it's
0: I just don't understand why There's
1: a long It's a long way to go For people to realize It's okay to disagree with someone
0: Well not even It's not even about the disagreeing It's about the fact that Metal Gear Solid getting fantastic reviews Doesn't make my enjoyment with Witcher 3 any less You know what I mean? Like in the end You know who wins all of this? Me Because I'm a gamer And I played both And I enjoyed both And I've had a great time with both games That doesn't mean that I mean, I, I just and – I, and I keep going back to Witcher because I, I that was the game that people were just bashing on last night, a, at least in the group that I'm involved in, um, in one of the Facebook groups I saw. I I more just kind of sulk through the – or not sulk. I just kind of stalk people and just look at the things they're saying rather than really pitching into my two cents. But last night was a night where I was really kind of throwing my opinion out there, and I'm like, why does this matter? Why does it matter that – um why does it matter that Metal Gear Solid 5 is getting better reviews by some sites than compared to Witcher 3? And why does that automatically make it a better game? Because for one, you haven't played Metal Gear Solid yet. Yeah, it's going to be a great game. I mean, I'll tell you that up front. I can't wait to get my hands on it. There's no way I dislike the game. But why does that mean a game that came out three months ago all of a sudden is awful? Uh, One comment I saw in particular, somebody was like, ha, take that Witcher 3. You thought you were gonna be Game of the Year, but you got unseated by a game of the generation. In the end, like, why does Game of the Year matter too? Because it's such an opinion based thing, you said, just like the Oscars. I mean, if you and the thing with Game of the Year too, I mean if you win an Oscar for best picture, you're going to always go down as winning an Oscar for his best picture. The gaming community is so different because every site will release a different game of the year. Every different outlet will release a different game of the year. Um, a lot of times we will come to uh, they will come together and it seems that there's one or two or three games that are kind of leading the pack and are kind of the front runners uh, for game of the year. But at the same time, it's such an opinion-based thing. And in the end, the ones who are winning are me and you and everybody else who gets to play these games. I just don't understand the mentality of people who feel like they need to champion these games and say everything else sucks except for this one that I am, that I am writing. Uh, also for last night, like you mentioned, Fallout 4. I saw people commenting on threads where people were talking about uh, Metal Gear Solid Five, the reviews that had come out. And they say, yeah, whatever, this might be getting good reviews now, but just wait until Fallout 4 comes out in a couple months. Like, dude, I want Fallout 4 just as much as anybody else on this planet, but that doesn't mean I am any less hyped to play Metal Gear Solid 5 next week.
1: And it doesn't make Metal Gear Solid 5 any less of a game.
0: Exactly! Just because, like, I want Fallout 4 probably more than Metal Gear. But that doesn't mean I'm still not chomping at the bit to play Metal Gear next week. And it doesn't mean that my time with Metal Gear is going to be any less fun because while I'm playing it, I'm going to be like, oh man, this is really great, but it's not Fallout 4, so I hate it. I just don't understand the mentality. And I guess I don't really have a question with this topic. It's just more me airing my grievances and annoyance with how this industry is and why people complain about gamers so much is because of stupid, stupid stuff like this. Like, open your eyes and realize that if you are <laughs> the other thing about those those three ga- these three games we've been talking about between Fallout, Witcher, and Metal Gear Solid, which and even Batman for that matter, which seem to be um, the ones that are going to be front runner for game of the year come end of the year, they're all multi platform. So I could see it maybe if it was a console exclusive, because even though we don't like it, people still do champion specific consoles. But even then, all of these games are on all the platforms. Xbox, PlayStation, and PC. So why start the flame wars over this stuff? You know what I'm saying?
1: I know what I... I I'm picking up what you're throwing down.
0: Alright, good. But it's... I don't you're know.
1: Absolutely, you're absolutely right, and I totally agree with you. its We're getting great video games no matter what. Yeah. You know, and each one has their own take on the games we're talking about specifically, the open world and just how it works. But then, you know, besides open world, some are first person, some are third person. Uh, Some, you know, have RPG elements, others don't, you know? It's like a game is a game, and if you have fun with it, that's the important thing. Yeah, exactly. There have have been plenty of games in the past that I love dearly that other people don't love as much. Um, Like The Order. Like the order exactly we had a we talked about that back in episode three when that game came out. I totally enjoyed the order eighteen eighty six and Logan did not and you know what, even though we have differing opinions and I'm actually in the minority on this one it it doesn't take away from the fact that I enjoyed the order eighteen eighty six and I want to play that game again some point and that i had a lot of fun with it yeah that no matter what logan or anyone else says review scores or people in general can't take away from how much fun i had and that's the important and it
0: doesn't piss me off in turn that you did enjoy it because the fact that you did enjoy it i mean rather than me getting mad about that it almost makes me jealous like i wish i could have enjoyed that game to the extent you did Because Because you
1: spent five hours not having fun while I spent five hours hours saying,
0: ugh, let's get through this and get the Platinum Trophy, rather than five hours of, wow, this is actually a ton of fun. And so like, I wish I could have enjoyed it to the extent that you did, but I just didn't. And instead of of people getting mad at other people for having opinions that differ from theirs – I don't understand why they can't have that mentality of like, well, I thought the game sucked, but I'm glad you enjoyed it at least. And I wish I could have enjoyed it, but I just couldn't. So I don't
1: know. exactly. To each their own. We're
0: a part of a strange community, and I don't get why we attack each other from within like this. The internet as a whole kind of sucks with this. But um, yeah, I just don't get it. I feel like games are one of the only mediums that really do this. Even with movies, I feel like. People can say, oh, I hated that movie. And other people can say, oh, I liked it. And they just kind of, like, they're okay with that. But games are the only, games are one of the only mediums I can think of where if one person says it sucks and the other person says they loved it, they get really, like, butthurt with each other. So it's odd. And I I I guess kind of the last thing I want to say here that I kind of mentioned before, like, what's up with the hype for Game of the Year? Max top of your head tell me tell me which game won most of the game of year awards for 2006
1: 2006 yeah
0: exactly you don't remember that do you
1: well i remember 2012
0: <laughs> you remember 2012 what was it
1: journey what
0: was it and see journey and see that was the year it was so up for interpretation too wasn't it
1: because that was also the year of the walking dead
0: that, the walking dead and those were the two big games that led the pack there was really no triple a titles
1: yeah. There was a handful but I, of them. I like remember that. I remember um was it the year before that was Galaxy Two?
0: See, I don't I did I just look back at the years and I'm more curious as a whole, like, okay, what games did we get this year? Okay, this year we got Mario Galaxy, Fallout Three, Fable Two. I, I don't know if any of these games came out in the same year. I'm just picking off games off the top of my head. Uh, but, wow, we got a bunch of good games that year. Wow, 2008 was a really good year for gaming. Rather than thinking, yeah, back in 2008, Fallout 3 was the game that ruled the gaming industry that year. That was the only game I played. It's, that was the best game. Very, Everything we, else sucked in it in comparison to it. Like,
1: It's very rare to have a game in recent memory stand out like that. Obviously, history has shown, you know, like, if you look back at Super Mario 64, that defined... The 3D platformer, and that game forever goes down in history yeah. as that, and, you know. And so, obviously, that stands out. But more recently, in more recent history, things get a little fuzzy, and it comes down more to preference as the industry has evolved. You know, games like The Last of Us, those obviously, like that, that obviously is a testament and is an icon. It's, and a, stands story-telling
0: out. Tes- like, it's a storytelling test, like, is a storytelling. What's the word I'm looking for? Masterpiece. Yes, masterpiece, and just landmark in general. As yeah, it's, far as it's this, a
1: staple. It's a milestone. Yeah,
0: it's a it's a great it's a great moment for gaming as a whole. Mm-hmm. So
1: and th- so far, I don't think this generation specifically <sighs> there's been that game yet where it's clearly definitive. And because it, I mean, if you look at reviews all together, I mean, The Witcher Three it was defines next generation, and now we're looking at Metal Gear Solid 5, and people are saying it's game of the generation material. I mean, the generation just started. Let's let's slow our rolls here a little bit and just enjoy the games and not start putting them on pedestals that we don't know if they belong there or not. Because Uncharted 4's not out yet, guys. So, I mean, <laughs> clearly that's the thing. There's a lot to... of,
0: this is going to be one of those years where it just comes down to preference. There will be a lot of people who will enjoy
1: it's most certainly is the year of the open world.
0: Yeah, well, then you even got things like Battlefront coming up, which are multiplayer focused, but game looks great. It looks like a ton of fun. I'm sure there's going to be people who are sinking more hours into that than anything else that's come out this year. I mean, it's just it's just a year for of diver of not diversion of just Diverse. difference in games. Um, Witcher Three was the big open world fantasy RPG earlier this year. Metal Gear is going to be the action game. uh Fallout's going to be, once again, a role-playing game, but more of a first-person shooter type role-playing game. Um, you've just got so many different games that are coming out this year, so many different game genres that are having great releases in those genres. And so I don't see how you can full-heartedly say that this game is better than any other game when we're getting so much parity with the type of games that are coming out. So... I don't know. I don't know. We don't have to dive into it anymore. But I, that was just something last night. I'm, glad, was I'm really, glad you
1: got that off your chest. Yeah,
0: it was just something that was really bugging me last night. And I just wanted to go smack some people in the head and tell them, stupid, don't you realize that you can play Witcher 3, Metal Gear Solid 5, and Fallout 4, and love them all. And yeah, you, I'm sure you might have a favorite when it's all said and done. And I'm sure I will too. Like at the end of the year, I'll probably say, oh, my favorite game of the year was this. But that doesn't mean that I then hate everything else by comparison, because I enjoy different games for different reasons. There's a reason I don't just play Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time, Metal Gear Solid Three, and Pokemon Silver all the time. Those are just some of the games off the top of my head that I think are the best ever. There's a reason I just don't play those. I want to I want to kind of stick my feet in, stick You're my feet try different things. I want to dip my toes in a bunch of different games and try them out and see how I enjoy them. So, so yeah, that's my little soapbox like rant for the week that I kind of wanted to get off my chest and scream out on this podcast and see what your I'm thoughts were. So. I'm glad you could do that. And, so, and if you're listening to me out there and you're one of those dopes who's always typing on the message boards or in the Facebook comments or in the gaming threads and you're championing certain games or saying everything besides game A sucks, stop it because you're the one who sucks. Let's clean up this freaking community and try to be a little bit more excellent to each other, as Bill and Ted would say. Uh. So with that, that is episode 17 for Millennial Gaming Speak this week. I hope you have enjoyed the show. Oh, shoot, how do I do this Indian rundown? I kind of forget. Oh, if you want to email us with any questions, comments, concerns, or constructive criticism, Feel free to reach out to us at mgspodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you guys. We would love for you to give us your thoughts on anything we're talking about, maybe a future topic that you want us to break down. And as we've said many times on the show before, just tell us how we're doing because we do want to get better and we do want to continue to make this podcast grow. We're in episode 17 now. We've been going for probably a little bit over six months. So, um, But we feel like we're starting to get into more of a groove. Every episode, I feel like we... They've done a little bit better than the one before, but we want to hear from you guys, and we want to know how to get better, and we want to know what you as the listener like. So please email us at uh, mgspodcast at uh, You can also follow the show on Twitter at mgspodcast, and you can follow Max and myself as well on Twitter. Max is at MaxTheWhite. I am at Moreman 12 And is that all of our housekeeping things that we do every week? I can't remember. that. That
1: is everything on the housekeeping.
0: Awesome couldn't remember it's been two weeks i couldn't actually remember i pulled that out of my brain
1: it's like riding a bicycle
0: it is like riding a bicycle episode 17 episodes in so i would hope that we kind of know everything at this point but uh that's it for this week you guys thank you so much for listening i hope you've enjoyed your time here um we should hopefully please be back next week for a more regularly scheduled episode no more hiatuses anymore we got to cut that crap out um and, Cut it out. and we definitely have to record a new episode before metal gear solid five comes out next week because i tell you what max if we miss the if we somehow don't record next sunday or monday and that bleeds into tuesday then i'm scared it's over then i'll we'll never then, record then i'm scared we may never record again
1: no dun, dun, dun. no
0: i'm really excited for metal gear solid five next week um but yeah as we mentioned to, uh, earlier in the show too a lot of great games coming out tomorrow Uh, We've got Gears of War Ultimate Edition. You have Until Dawn. You have Madden 16. Uh, We're kind of getting into the weeds of what this fall's release schedule is going to be like. So get hyped. The next three weeks are going to be good. Next week, we've got Metal Gear. A week after that, we've got Mario Maker plus Amiibos. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Be sure to come back and check us out every week. We should be back next week with Episode 18. Our show is a grown-up old adult now in this big old world of podcasts. Um... So, yeah, be sure to come back next week for episode 18. Max, anything you'd like to say to the beautiful people?
1: Nothing to the beautiful people except that they are beautiful.
0: Oh. Beautiful people, you're beautiful because Max has said so. So, anyway, thanks a lot, you guys. Thanks for listening. Have a good week, and we will see you back here next week. Same bat time, same bat podcast channel.
1: Adios.